Sometimes I wonder what to say to you now in the soft afternoon air as you hold us all in a single death. I say, where is your fire? I say, where is your fire? You got to find it and pass it on. You got to find it and pass it on from you to me, from me to her, from her to him, from the son to the father, from the brother to the sister, from the daughter to the mother, from the mother to the child. I say, where is your fire? Can't you smell it coming out of our past? The fire of living, not dying. The fire of loving, not killing. The fire of blackness, not gangster shadows. Where is our beautiful fire that gave light to the world? The fire of pyramids. The fire that burned through the holes of slave ships and made us breathe. The fire that made guts into chitlins. The fire that took rhythm and made jazz. The fire of sit-ins and marches that made us jump boundaries and barriers. The fire that took street talk and sounds and made righteous in Hope Tech raps. I say, where is your fire? The torch of life, full of Nzinga and Nat Turner and Garvey and Harriet Tubman and Ella Baker and Dorothy Height and Rosa Parks and Harry Belafonte and Chavez and Du Bois and Fannie Lou Hamer and Martin and Malcolm and Mandela. Sister, sister, brother, brother, come, come, catch your fire. Don't kill. Hold your fire. Don't kill. Learn your fire. Don't kill. Be the fire. Don't kill. Catch the fire and burn with eyes that see our souls walking, singing, building, laughing, learning, loving, teaching, being. Hey, 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 young brother, brother. Hey, hey, young sister, sister. Here is my hand. Catch, 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 catch the fire and Live, 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 live. Let's get into it. Get into it. This show is so great, y'all. Like, if you have. I, I don't have words anymore. I just, I need to talk about this show. I need to talk about this episode. And I need to talk about the fall. Uh, it's not sweeps, but I don't know what they call it in TV world. But shows that are coming out, I, I'm so excited. We got to talk about it real fast. We got to talk. Yeah. Who who are you? Oh, me. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm Kalina Michelle. <laughs> oh, God. I was just like, let's just talk about it anyway. So, no, I'm Kalina <laughs> Michelle, guys. I apologize. Welcome to Real Snobs Podcast on Anchor FM. Um, I am joined by my beautiful, luscious, amazing co-host, Cicely Joy. Ooh. Hi, everyone. <laughs> luscious. You like the yes. word luscious? <laughs> yes. I'm going to start using that as a descriptor. It's a great descriptor. <sighs> it really but- is. Y'all listen to me, okay? I'm not here for the bullshit. I'm not here to mess around. We're trying to talk about this amazing show, Lovecraft Country. It's it's giving me all kinds of feels. It's giving me the ride of a lifetime so far. And it just keeps building into greatness. Yes, it really does. And, and I'm not upset about it at all. 
And what y'all just heard was uh, a poem from Senya Sanchez that is featured in this episode. We'll get into this poem later into detail because my God. Yeah. My God. Um, but yeah, let's let's just start discussing Lovecraft Country because we are down to the wire and we got uh after this episode we got one more left and yeah. i don't know what i'm gonna do with myself i know it's all right there'll be something <laughs> else to watch i'm sure well it probably won't be as exciting but there's some stuff coming out no no this i definitely can say this show is like in my top five period favorite yeah. sh- shows and not just like oh of the year or whatever no period yeah and that says a lot because i like a lot of stuff and it's very hard for me to like choose mm-hmm. like choosing babies so yeah i agree oh boy um but yeah so tonight we're going to discuss episode nine of lovecraft country and that's uh titled rewind 1921 yeah and Mm. right from the title i already knew what i was getting into and i was like see uh yeah this episode confirmed a lot of things that you know we have been discussing um throughout it also kind of cleared some things up Mm -hmm. um some you know i guess somewhat easter eggs or little um things that they've been sprinkling here or there them like okay when are we gonna get an answer to this so it was very gratifying mm-hmm. um very also painful to watch yeah in many ways yes, so very much so um <clears throat> i i don't even let's just get into it get into it <laughs> all right all right, I got my notes. I had to go back and re- write my notes because I was like, so no. good at the notes. I have not been at all. But you know what? I'm burning myself out. I don't think I can do this amount of attention to detail with any other show. I'm like, um, I'm good after this because it kind of becomes more work than pleasure. Yeah. But this show deserves it. So, you know, I'm going to be consistent. Yeah. All right. So, um, Episode nine opens, um, if you, just a recap of last week's episode. Um, the past couple of episodes have been um, focused on one character in particular. Um, two episodes back, we had um, Hippolyta being featured. Um, this uh, last week's episode was about her daughter, D, mm-hmm. And this week's episode really, really, I feel like features Montrose and his story. Yeah. But... Um, as mentioned, last week's episode was about D kind of being stalked by these these uh, Bopsy and Topsy demons mm-hmm. um, from this curse that was put on her. At the end of the episode, um, she was basically succumbed by one of them, at least. Yeah. And this episode opens with D in the bed, kind of like in a coma, and you notice her arm, the one that at least one of the demons had scratched or was drawing blood from, basically looks petrified, almost like it's like she's becoming mummified. Yeah, um, like it looks like a mummy arm or something. Yeah, and um, so everyone um, everyone is basically just around her, um, the crew, Montrose, Tick, Letty, Ruby, they're just uh, around her kind of arguing about who should have been watching her and this and that and basically what to do yeah. to fix this curse. Yeah. Um, they reluctantly tick um says that you know what we got to ask christina because she's the only one that really has the knowledge of this magic and stuff Mm -hmm. and he figures that he can trade titus's pages to get her to help yeah but um like we found out last week um letty 
went ahead and traded the pages trying to help tick um, become invulnerable, but instead Letty becomes invulnerable right. um, with this trade. And so Letty has to inform him at this time, like that, you know, Christina basically already has a page, so their leverage, they don't really have any leverage. Right. That's when Ruby steps in and says, oh, we got leverage. Yeah. She'll help me. <laughs> She'll help us because of me. Yeah, she'll do it for me. So, yeah. <laughs> so next thing we see Christina, she's there in their um, apartment, and she's kind of looking over Dee's comics and talking about how talented she was or she is Mm -hmm. um, and mentioning how the curse seems to be a combination between um, something from uh, the order and the captain and something that basically she can't really, um, she can't remove, but they would need the book of names to do so. Right. Um, The most that she can do is because the curse comes from, the the body who the person that created the curse is the only pretty much the only person that can totally remove it and that's the captain right um last week we saw him pretty much get mauled by the protector creature of ticks so as far as i knew i thought the captain was dead at this point so i'm like okay so shouldn't the curse be gone yeah. or something i don't know so Christina says she only can really reverse the cycle of the curse to basically buy them time, but um, they will actually need the book of the uh, the book of names um, to actually lift it. Um, so, in order to have that, um, she needs blood from Dee's closest relative, who of course is Hippolyta. Mm-hmm. But Hippolyta is off in the cosmos; mm-hmm. <laughs> no one knows where she is. Um, and so they all look to Montrose, who is, I guess, her next closest blood relative right? Um, at that moment. And so she said she will help as long as Tick willingly sacrifices himself mm-hmm. for her ritual. And, of course, he's like, okay, you know, I'll do what I have to to save Dee. Yeah. So then that's the opening scene. And it goes to the title scene, which is, again, um, it's a kind of an illustration of uh, a woman burning, mm. which will make sense later. Okay. And um and the figure are the I saw the flames. I didn't see the figure of the woman. Yeah. I saw it the second time around. Okay. The flames kind of are there initially, but then as the title sequences panning back, you see this like figure the flames around a woman's um figure and then they show the book. Yeah. Okay. Um so now we're back um, in the captain's office next scene and he is alive barely but he is pretty much in the closet on the floor screaming um, at these wounds that are reappearing now a few episodes ago when I think it was the episode when Ruby um, snuck in his office to hide something he was changing his shirt mm-hmm. and I noticed that he had a black man's torso yes um, and now we have confirmation of what that really is, that basically he is under or he is spelled. Um, he has this regeneration spell where they basically use spare parts of other people, of, of black men or black, I will say just black men that they have kidnapped and killed yeah. to heal him. Yes. But at this time, his deputies are saying, like, I don't know why it's not working. You know, we've done the spell before, but it's not working. Right. 
Um, so Chris, not Christina, William walks in, Christina as William. Yeah. And they're all freaking out because they thought he was already dead. The last, exactly. The captain that killed him and all. Mm-hmm. And she, he pretty much reveals about, um, uh, talking about like his metamorphosis during the time when he was thinking about his metamorphosis. He was also thinking about regeneration and how every time um, he or Christina transforms back Mm -hmm. that William is dying over and over. And basically I believe this scene was confusing to me the first time, but I think the second time it made a little bit more sense. What I think was happening was, the stone that Ruby hid in the captain's office, mm-hmm. I believe was spelled where either it was causing his regeneration not to work, mm. or maybe it was, no, I think that's what it is. Like it was basically blocking probably any spell that the captain was doing to himself. And so at that moment, he's basically dying and um, he asked Christina to like, you know, please help me or whatever. And she's like, Oh, I'll just have to settle for the satisfaction of watching you die this once. Right. And the captain dies. Right. So I think that she was did also say scene. that she wanted to use, like she wanted him to be in William's plate, something like that. It was weird. It was a weird monologue she was doing it was it was confusing I was, for me, <laughs> but... I was like was she saying that instead of William she wanted to do the regeneration uh trans or the transformation spell with the captain's body because obviously the captain so the captain has a black man's torso he probably encountered something where he almost died but they used that yeah it's, it seems like they yeah. use that um it, evil um scientists method to sew on different body parts and kind of like make mm-hmm. it like almost like a um like a frankenstein's uh monster yeah. kind of situation and i think yeah. up, like you said maybe up to that point it was working but the stone didn't work but where was the well, where was the dead guy that was in the closet that they were keeping alive uh, i have no idea it was done i'm confused i guess was was that that so, man's torso i thought that man in the closet was no white. no that that torso was a black man so the man in the closet was white though wasn't he yeah i think that was just one of the formal former deputies that they they were just punishing and stuff so i don't think he has really anything more to do with the story it was just probably showing that you know, they're nefarious or they're under, weird. Yeah, okay. underhanded. All right, we're done with the scene. We can move on. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, do, do, do. So, yes, you, um, William watches him die in satisfaction. Yeah. End scene. <laughs> Next scene um, is Montrose mm-hmm. is in Georgia's shop and he's um, drinking moonshine. And Tit comes in and he kind of confronts Montrose about drinking and stuff. And then he takes a big swig and, you know, you can yeah. tell like, it's pretty much gasoline. Um, and um, Montrose said something about, like, I don't think the spell's going to work. And right. He's like, well, why not? And Montrose reveals at that moment what you thought this yep. whole time, that George may be his father. Yeah. And, of course, initially, Tick was um, was thinking his mom may- must have cheated mm-hmm. and how could she? And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. We all grew up together. We're tight. Um you know, surviving the ordeal of Tulsa like we did, you know, that that 
creates a bond that can't be broken. Right. So basically saying like, don't, don't blame your yeah, mom. Like even like, if she did, it's, it's not a big deal. Like, yeah, yeah it was kind of within his blessing ish, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Or, um, so yeah. So tick was just getting really emotional and stuff because he was talking about how many times he sat there after beatings and just wished like George was his father right. and to know now that that could have been and, you know, just really yeah, emotional. it's emotional. Because um, he went through a lot of trauma. Letty, yes, yes. And, you know, the man that he looked up to, he probably can envision like a whole different life mm-hmm. with him if he had raised him. So Letty enters um, during this kind of awkward moment and informs him that Christina is back. And as they are talking about, you know, let's do this, Hippolyta shows up and asks, is D sick? Yeah. Which was this was moment like, what? First of all, this woman walks in. She's got a backpack on. She's just like, like she just, you know, went like on a walk somewhere. She went through it. Yeah, like it was just hilarious. Yeah. Her hair was a little bit undone a bit. I was just yeah. like, girl, yeah. it was so funny when she walked up in there. I said, up, oh, she's back. Let's go. You better save your daughter. Let's go. So um, the next scene, all the family is surrounding Dee um, in bed, who now looks like she's one of the, those demons. Yeah. Um, and Christina uses Hippolyta's blood to reset the mm-hmm. curse. Dee appears normal again. So pretty much that yeah. works. But she's still in um, danger because she, sh- she could die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it just, yeah. So it's it basically it's just buying mm-hmm. them time. They can't get rid of it. It's going to happen again, but, you know, buying them time. So after this, Christina and Ruby are leaving out uh, and Letty kind of tries to catch up to Ruby, basically trying to convince her not to trust Christina. And and Ruby's pretty much saying the same about Tick, saying, you know, you're going to let this man uh, do the same thing that all these uh, that got mama in trouble and blah, blah, blah. And um, that's when. Letty says, you know, you can't trust her because just ask her about the ceremony. You know, she's basically going to use um, mm-hmm. kill tick in that ceremony. And Ruby just went, um, you know, walks yep. off with her or drives off with Christina. Yeah. So next scene, we see Hippolyta packing D in her car and she's like, okay, we got to fix my mm-hmm. baby. And uh, she has plans to take her to um, the observatory, yeah. the device, because it's a time device. So whatever can happen, she feels like this. we need yeah. to be there. And that's when um, she asked Tick about the source of all this mm-hmm. curse. And he talks about the book of, the na- uh, book of names and the magic and all this other stuff. And I love Hippolyta in this moment because she's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Let me get the information so I can make my calculations and blah, blah, blah. Right. Boom, boom, boom. This is what yeah. we're going to do. She's not like pausing to kind of react. Um, And so they, they mentioned how, well, we don't have the book because it burned up in the Tulsa, um, in the Tulsa riots. And that's when she's like, well, look, okay, I can fix this time machine. We're going to go back. We got to get the book. And they're like, well, I mean, how, how can you do this? And she mentions how during her time that, she was on like earth 504 she literally went into that she lit into that she was like listen i was on another planet i have been there for the equivalent of 200 earth years so y'all need to get on my level (laughs) she she gained infinite wisdom and she was going to use that wisdom to save her like i've lived all these lifetimes and all this mess please find out about me 
you know, Laura Bencroft. <laughs> like, it was a great. I don't have time to I'm explain. Me, Let's I go. Was just like, <laughs> she said, get the fuck go. in the car. <laughs> Let's go. I said, thank God she showed up. Because I was like, these people running around. I mean, not that they, you know, it is what yeah. it is. But yeah, but they're they trying. Are, and she was on it. She was like, okay, we got this amount of time. It takes this long yeah. to get there. I got about two hours to fix this yeah. thing. Come yeah. on. Let's go. So, mm-hmm. loved it. Um, so, next scene, we find Christina in her basement now. Um, Ruby is in there. Remember, the basement has the bodies of Hillary and William, the actual bodies that they use for their spell. Yeah. And Ruby is asking about who Hillary who Hillary's body or who she mm-hmm. is. And that's when Christina, again, what you said, Christina tells her that she was yep. a groundskeeper at her dad's estate who um, found herself yep. in a coma after Letty hit her with the sho- mm-hmm. shovel. Um, so in this scene, Ruby is basically asking Christina, like, are you only helping Di- um, Diana, mm-hmm. Diana, D to get to Atticus? Um, and basically just confronting about right. her intentions with Ruby. Like, are you using me? All this. Christina convinces her that she's not like her father. She's not yeah. using her. Um, all this stuff. And then um, Ruby makes her promise not to right. hurt Letty. And then as, as the scene is ending, she then appears to what looks like she turns off like the oxygen from Hillary's like, body. Basically like, kills her. Allowing the body to yeah. die. And says, well, when I, when I imagine myself as a wh- white woman, I always um, thought about being a redhead. Yeah, like, we got to like, get a new Let me new get a new body. body. I was like, oh, this girl, is on, she's on another thing entirely now. Like, she's gotten into the magic yeah. life and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, let's, let's go Yeah, shopping. and I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was kind of cold, you know? But yeah. I feel like someone like her who has felt like so many things have gone wrong in her life or have been uh, kept from her in her life. Like it's not terribly surprising this kind of act, this kind of callousness with just killing this white woman. Yeah. And she, I mean, he, she basically raped that store owner with her shoe. Yeah. But then that's basically what Christina keeps kind of how she brings Ruby into the fold, talking about basically how, how all these problems are so trivial because with magic, we can create, we can be gods. We can create our world. We don't have to like live under in the confounds of Jim Crow society and all these other things, like basically telling Ruby, like stop thinking Mm -hmm. small. And, and so it's, it is showing a little bit of this hardening um, there that are like Ruby kind of being removed from her humanity yes, yeah. a little bit. I was like, something, mm-mm. I don't know about all that. Um, so in the next scene, they are, the crew is in Kentucky at the observatory. And um, as everyone's getting, you know, are in the observatory getting things set up, Montrose is unpacking some stuff in the car and he basically takes a big chug of his, um, of his moonshine because He's basically preparing himself to go to to relive some of his yeah, worst memories. Trauma. Pretty much. I would do the same thing. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Like, yeah, I uh, not just Tulsa specifically, but there are times in my life that were relatively traumatic. That if someone told me I had to go mm-hmm. back there 
and relive it somehow, even though I have since built up coping mechanisms, reliving trauma like that has got to be one of the most disturbing, nightmarish things. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just couldn't think what I would do in that situation. I'd be drinking too. Yeah, like, it's, you know, I, I, yeah, something like I, I don't know. I think a lot of people couldn't do it, honestly. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, basically, Hippolyte is working on the device. Um, Montrose and Letty are kind of getting de settled or, you know, um, comfortable on the ground. And Montrose has been having a little bit of, um, uh, being very, a little antagonistic mm-hmm. towards Letty um, because, and he pretty much reveals that because Letty gave Christina the pages that she has played a hand in essentially Tick's mm. demise and that he knows that she's pregnant because of what Tick told her about, or Tick right. told him about the future. And Letty's like, well, why didn't Tick tell me? And he says, because he didn't want to have to tell you that, you know, basically about yeah, the, like the ceremony and, and, yeah. and all that. And even though he understands why she would make herself invulnerable because she has a son and all that. And that's when she finds out mm-hmm. that she's having a yeah. son um, when he says this. But, you know, that he, as Tick's father, has to do what he has to yeah. do to save his son. So he's like, you know, regardless, I have to do what I got to do. Um. So <clears throat> Hippolyta fixes the device um, and she connects it directly to her to, um, in, in order to instruct the device on where to go because this is 1950s, computers are not really relatively common. And then she's like, well, it needs a motherboard. And they're like, what the hell is a motherboard? <laughs> she's like, I am. Especially, let's pause for awesome. two seconds. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I hearkening back to that I am episode, and and just yes. the, the the metaphor of it all, the the imagery of it all. When a black woman basically saying that she is the motherboard, a like black women, we are we as black women do have the mitochondrial DNA for every human on this planet. So for her to literally say that out loud too and in the way she said it, I was like, I'm seeing through the lines. I'm seeing through all this stuff. That whole thing where I am the motherboard, I want that on a shirt. I want that. I want that. Yes. They put this stupid ass live love and life on people's wall. Forget that. Put (laughs) I am the motherboard on the wall. It was just so powerful to hear her say that. And they were like, what in the world is a motherboard? She said, me, I am the motherboard. I said, yes, yes. I was screaming at the TV. I said, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, black woman, you are. We are. Please come on. Okay. That it it implies so much just in that statement, in that statement alone. Okay. So she hooks she hooks them up to her her wrist, which if you remember in her episode, she basically has this like futuristic yeah. tech installed in her. And um 
the portal opens and, and he triangulates they right go in to and the day yeah, yeah tulsa like she uses the picture that montrose had of like his of george and his father and all that and Throughout this whole episode, Montrose is basically having constant flashbacks and he's he's about to relive his trauma and he's, yeah. you know, reluctant. And so even though Letty and Tit just, you know, hop on he in, hesitates. Um, Montrose takes it. his time. I understand, but they <laughs> um, need him to like, guide them through because they don't know what they're doing, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, he eventually enters and they find themselves in this hotel, this right downtown Um Tulsa and they're basically there earlier in the day the day of the first attacks of um, the riots and all not even riots just the attacks Um, so they they borrow some clothes because they need to blend in now it's 1921 and they're wearing clothes from 1950s and um, they head out to find the book at Tick's mother's house and Tick's mother's Mm -hmm. name is Dora so Montrose is constantly, like I said, having these flashbacks um, as they're walking. Tick realizes that he's drunk. And then so they start fighting and, Tick, you know, just saying like how he's just so done with him. Like after all of this, all the all the shit that he's put him through all the years that to find out he's not even his right. daddy and all that. Like, I, I don't want anything to do with you after all this. Let's just get this over with. So. It's 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 real tense. tense. And even before they went to the portal, Hippolyta sensed it all and she said, Whatever is going on with all y'all, y'all need to put it aside so and get here's this the done. Interesting thing about how this scene started when they finally got across the portal. They're in this like apartment building, somebody's mm-hmm. building, and they're listening to somebody in the background in that house talking to someone. And I'm assuming it's a black person. And they were talking about how um like, did y'all hear that they just canceled prom? And oh yeah. yeah, so they were. It's like a boarding house or a hotel, and there were two girls yeah. walking down the hall, and they mentioned a dance, which is how they figured out when they are there, what time yeah. that they were there, because it was the it was the prom for Booker T. Washington yeah. High School. And Montrose remembered that they they will cancel that. They eventually cancel that, um, and because of everything that yeah, was starting to happen. Which was weird. Um, so it's like an ominous kind of feeling in the whole scene. Like you yes. already knew. And I I was watching this and like feeling my heart start to race. Because I was just like, I know that you yeah, know, HBO yeah. is really good at, you know, reenacting these kinds of things. So I was just like, I already know it's about to be some absolute mess. And I was feeling like, I can't even imagine living in that time. Yes thinking just oh you're just so upset that prom is canceled and then later that night you might be dead because of you know a massacre and the, and the, i'm glad that you brought up that point because while i was watching this episode i was feeling the same thing um as they are walking downtown and they're seeing the, this beautiful town of prosperous yes. black people and shops and everything that you always heard yeah. is the black wall street and it was just like everyone is just it's just a normal, normal day, day for them. And no Girls one in knows. The shop getting a, a corsage, all this. And we've seen and we we've seen shows and movies mm-hmm. referencing Tulsa, but I this is the first time I've seen something where, okay, we all know what's about to happen. And yeah, it's like putting us yep. there, putting us really there. Like we because Letty and Tick 
are us. They're, yes. they're the audience knowing ex- everything that's going to happen and being there and knowing like wanting to help, wanting to say something, but right, they know because they can't the paradigm, change anything the time paradigm. because yeah. Um, because it could basically, uh, they, they may not exist. Yeah, something they do could anything. dramatic and something so small how, could dramatically alter time in the future. And it's difficult for them and they are a lot further removed from this, but for Montrose who this is his home, these are his people, this is his family, all of that. Just imagine how difficult that would be to know that you could do something. Yeah. But not because it will ruin whatever the mission is (laughs) that you're there. And um, I, I do not envy his position. I don't envy it. It it was hard to kind of watch this episode. Um, they sneak into so, an alley. See, no, then uh, yeah, they sneak into an alley, right? And yeah, across, across from, from uh, the house, mom's house, from... and they see a little boy and, next and... door in the yard, um, getting yelled at by his dad, and um, yeah, Montrose kind of freezes up, and he's like, "That's that was basically him. That was Montrose." As a child, or as a yeah. teenager. Yeah, so, so Dora's and, and the Freemans, <laughs> I don't know Dora's surname, but they yeah. live next door. So they all grew up together and all that. And so Montrose, mind you, we just saw this argument between Tick and Montrose about being a father and uh, about how Montrose abused yes. him and all these things. And now, now Tick is witnessing his father as a teenager getting his ass whooped yeah. by his father because he tried on George's yep. prom jacket, but it wasn't necessarily just that, but also because he had his corsage, the corsage yeah. that he was giving Dora on, and his dad kept making references to him, you know, primping himself and all of this and said to George, like, at least I'm not the only man in the house. So his dad trying to yeah. toughen him, you know, make him a man because any, any, anything he saw that implied um, being homosexual, yeah, exactly. you know, like we don't do that yeah. in our house type thing. And so as he's out there beating um, him, Dora comes out of her house to pretty she much got block in front of that um, switch. I Mr. Freeman. Like, that is some powerful yeah. stuff right there. Because, you know, and not to, not to get too, too deep into things about, in my personal life. Oh, we, uh, do I you? know what you're going to say. Uh, okay. yeah, I um, think I know what you say. Go ahead. Oh, okay. oh no, maybe I don't, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> I, I would talk to my mom uh, a lot about being raised. And older people mm-hmm. always have a story about how my parent, you know, used to spank me, beat me, what have you every black parent that I know. Um, and so she were, she mm-hmm. would talk about how her sister would get whooped so bad or she felt she would get whooped so bad that she would jump in front of her dad to take more whoopings for her. So her sister could get away and get a break or, you know, yeah. and I was just oh, like, man. yo, like listening to that. I'm like, that's insane. Cause my mom never spanked me, but I do know that, some parents feel like it is imperative using that, using spankings and using whoopings and beatings like with a switch or a belt or something like that to because white people would do so much worse to you if you showed any, yeah. any sense of 
no manners, no, you know, not looking right, not acting right, not, you know, just not being anything other than perfect. So I'm going to make sure that you don't misbehave at all. And I'm going to give you the whoopings because if yeah. they do it, they could probably kill you. Right. So that's yeah. how I was yeah. dealing with Montrose's dad and how and with Montrose. Not only was it like a fear of being gay, but just people were killing to this day. They still kill gay people. Yeah. And so he was yeah. he was probably not just not so much being I don't really know because that was no characterization there to suggest. But a lot of people like that probably did love their sons and daughters, but they were just so afraid of what society would do that they just decided to take matters into their own hands. Now, some people actually were you I, know, absolutely homophobic and tried to kill their kids, but I don't think that was what was happening here in this scene. I kind of, I do a little bit just because in that time, I feel like that time is, it's more personal where it, similar to why yeah, Montrose tick, beat yeah. Tick. It's like, I think his father was beating him because to have a gay son implies that he's do, mm-hmm. he did something wrong, that the uh, daddy gotcha. Freeman did something wrong. And I think that's kind of the basis of their, not like, I, I'm trying to prepare you for society because back then society, there, society didn't, people weren't out. It wasn't a thing for, mm. for that to happen and for that to be acceptable. Like it is a little bit more in our generation when we were younger. But it was um, in that back then too. So for them, I think that was acceptable to just be a black man. You see what I'm saying? So it was oh, like yeah, double yeah. whammy yeah. like for Montrose at the time. So, so for me, the scene, and I, I was one that I, mm. I grew up with a switch. I, I related to that scene as in I grew up with going mm-hmm. outside to pick my switch and <laughs> not being beat the way that he yeah. was. But, you know, that's it's painful. That was just part of what, you know, what we did. And then, um, but what I saw in that scene when Dora stepped in front of him, to me, that was significant because of what Black women experience often with being the protectors of black men in our society because of how um black men are essentially an endangered species they're treated like an endangered species as in you know they're um within the systematic racism and 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 all of that where we are the ones to be out on the streets you know Mm -hmm. um protesting and 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 i guess making a change or getting things done and for her to confront George saying, like, why didn't you protect your brother yeah. and stuff? Like, all of that, to me, was so significant, that, that exchange. Because it wasn't about that scene. It was about so much more in the dynamics of um, Black mm-hmm. men and women. And, I guess, yeah. who's taking care of who? Well, maybe the, and that also, um, for me, explained a lot about his relationship with his wife and with Tick's mom. Like she was always going to be his protector. Always. She always was going to be the protector. And the fact that she ended up um, passing earlier than he did, he probably felt like he didn't have much of a protector anymore. You know, like no wonder, like even though he had his brother and he loved his brother, there's something different about their his relationship with his wife with Tick's mom um 
Mm-hmm. And that I get it. And during that scene, like you said, I finally understood why he never wanted to blame his mom for anything. You know, it, it, like whatever. Like she saved my life on more than one occasion. You know, um, and, and your and yeah, your yeah. uncle saved saved my life. So you know, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm getting on a tangent. <laughs> so essentially, what broke up this exchange? Um, was Dora's yeah. father coming out, you know, saying, you know, you can do what you want with your son, but you Can't better not like my rate, daughter, um, yeah. lift a finger on my daughter. Yeah. So then his father backed off mm-hmm. and drunkenly walked into the house. Yeah. So you can yeah, see the yeah. cycle right now. The father's drunk and how everything yeah. just happens like a cycle. Um. So that's when Dora kind of confronted um, George, uh, being annoyed that George didn't help. But then it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, give me my corsage anyway. And that's when they hear that the yeah. prom has been canceled. Um, so Montrose at this moment, like, had run off. Young Montrose, he had run off somewhere. So they decided to go and look for him since they're not going to prom. And so Letty and Tick are kind of oh, uh, across the street, and they're seeing this, like, okay. We need to get this. Um, we need to get this book. But then they turn around, and old Montrose mm-hmm. is gone too. Um, Tick decides to go find him because earlier in the episode, Montrose mentioned something about um, warning George about getting yeah. shot later on in the future, in, when he yeah. was at the Braithwaite Manor. And so Tick thought, "Oh crap, he's going to go try to warn George. I got to go find yeah. him because he's going to fuck things up." Um, but where they were going was pretty far away and they knew that they couldn't both go and then get back for the book in time. So they decided to split up and they go and find a car and Letty just knows how hot hot wired this model T car out of the blue and Tick gets in and, you know, drives, um, heads to the park, um, where he knows Mm -hmm. Machos will probably be. And they start hearing gunshot wounds before he actually leaves. And I think they realize at that moment that they yeah. may not all make it back. Like, this is real. We're here in this. And we're not yeah. just observing it, but we're in it. Um, and then Letty says something like, we should name him George, yeah. talking about her baby. Uh-huh. So we now find Montrose in an alley, again, having more flashbacks and he comes across a car and he takes a bat that um, he finds and he busts open the car yeah. window and steals a bottle of liquor because, again, yeah. you know, got to cope. Um, it's starting to get dark now and Letty is walking back to the house. And as, she, um, as she's walking, she witnesses a car of white yeah. men beat down this kid and they notice her. And so they start chasing yeah. her and start shooting at her. And she's running and running, but her mm-hmm. uh, mark, the mark of Cain, the, yeah. um, protects her. And she she falls right in front the of the mm-hmm. um, Dora's house. And as she falls, um, Dora, basically, both yep. Tick's grandfathers um, come out of their houses and start shooting at yeah. the mob to, you know, back off. Um, so Letty runs into Dora's house where she's there... Um, Dora's not there, mind you. She, Dora's with George off, but Dora's sister, mother, grandmother, and her father's there. And everyone's just, you know, are you okay? Do yeah. you know what's going on? All this. Letty's just, 
she you can but tell she, she kind of yeah, wants to tell them, but that she can't so reveal too much. Tragic. It's so tragic because every science fiction fan yes. knows from any of these shows where they do time travel, it's like you simply cannot change the past as much as you say you want to. Any little thing would mess up your yeah. present. So you may not exist from like a tiny little thing, like someone tripping on a rock when they weren't supposed to. So it was just a lot. It was a lot for her. And I could yeah. feel that weight on her. And let me tell you, someone give, somebody give Journey Smollett the all the Emmys, please. Give her every Emmy from <laughs> when she was five years old up to now. Because this woman, yes. this woman is acting. She is acting. Oh, every woman in this show is really good. She is. She is really. She, is she has far. really come. I mean, she's always been an actress, but she yeah. is like this is her time. I was feeling really to could, shine right she now. She really. And she's like, been in put in the face, work. You could see how she was uh, like trying to hold back tears no like all these people are about to die and they're asking me what's going on i can't tell them and and all this stuff and then they heard the gunshots outside mm-hmm. outside and i was like all right old girl went back to the drawer got guns out i said yes stay strapped yes second amendment yeah which i am all for by the yeah. way i was like y'all need to I, yeah they, they I, I everyone had to a this gun day, they're, personally, they're all i think deciding. every black family should have a gun at least one gun in their house. Unfortunately, that's where things not even are not, even before heading. things were heading this way. <laughs> I had been wanting to get a gun for a while, um, just because it makes sense. It just makes sense with uh, the history of us in this country, and we think that yeah. And I, you know, we in think, this country, oh, you know, we're good and we're <laughs> yes. new black and we don't have these problems anymore. Okay, keep thinking that way. Just keep thinking that way. But when it push comes to shove. And they start coming to your house and throwing firebombs and stuff. What what you gonna grab to protect your family? Yeah. On honestly, real talk. That's just me on my opinion. Um, so I no, was so true. happy to see that. That's like true. they were strapped. They had like multiple um revolvers. I said, Okay, let's let's get it on. Yeah, yeah, and I, and yeah. I everyone. <laughs> I totally get it. So as they're there, um, the grandmother is already like looking at Letty sideways, like mm-hmm. something not right with this child. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so Montrose, Montrose's father, mm-hmm. um, Granddaddy Freeman, let's call him that, he leaves to go and find the kids, Dora, George, and Montrose. And that's when um, Dora's father is like, Yeah, let's, like, I'll go up, up yeah. to the roof. Y'all go up here, you know, just watch the house, you know, fire a warning shot. And after I that, said, let's go with the kill, gun safety, basically. y'all. I said, this is what I'm talking about. This yeah. is what I'm talking about. And here's another thing I want to point out, too. There were so many laws on the books for Jim Crow about how much weaponry could that Black people could own or and or have versus white families. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. also why the Tulsa riot, not riots, I keep saying that. I feel that's why the Tulsa massacre unfortunately went the way it did not only was it kind of like a sneak attack or like a slow burn mm-hmm. sneak attack i think that there were a lot of black families who were not able to acquire not just the weapons but the um ammunition like white people could you know oh I yeah mean, 
it's evident yeah. in history by the laws they had on the books with different states. Like black people were not allowed to own guns or you're going to jail. So like the fact that this family had multiple guns um, was one thing, a great thing, but I also feel like they probably didn't have enough ammunition and it was the ammunition um, restrictions that really were pushed against um, were forced upon black families um, a lot. And so I feel like, yeah, I, I really feel like, you know, st- towns like Tulsa, because it wasn't just Tulsa that had a massacre, um, were almost like sitting ducks because white people were able to buy un- unlimited ammunition. They had, you know, whatever, bombs and planes and things. So, like, we weren't allowed to have any of that stuff to protect ourselves. And when we did, we were immediately incarcerated yeah. or killed, you know? So... I just found that to be a a very powerful part of the scene, just seeing them all get strapped up like that. I just thought it was great. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not like meaning to like blank out on you. I was like looking at my notes, like where did I leave off? Okay. Um, (laughs) So uh, next scene we see Tick arriving at the square where older Montrose is um, waiting um, kind of, again, in the alleyway. And Tick, again, is thinking Montrose is there to try to warn George. And he was like, no, he's watching, essentially, um, exchange between him, the younger version of him, and another boy named Thomas, who mm-hmm. essentially is his first love. Um, and he says how he witnessed Thomas mm-hmm. uh, get killed by a mob and that yep. he, he thinks he could probably save him. You know, like that's the one, that's like one of his, I guess, biggest regrets that he didn't, you know, he, he couldn't do anything. And he was there to basically yeah. tell Thomas, like we can't be friends anymore and, and all of this. So the fact that that was like the last exchange that this kid witnessed yeah. before getting a bullet in his head you know um Montrose is there considering like how um he could change things and that it, it's probably like it's not going to be a big deal so next we're back at Dora's house and the rest of the uh, show kind of goes yeah. back and forth between the square and Dora's house so just bear with me here <laughs> so we're back at Dora's house Letty is chatting with Dora's sister and she's trying again to reassure her everything's yeah. going to be okay knowing that it won't and that's when you start hearing shots come um from right outside the house like you, you yeah basically they're they're there um the mob is there outside yeah and shit's about to get real back at the square um tick is telling montrose you know he can't save yeah. thomas because of the consequences it's going to mess with the present and montrose keeps saying like no you know i don't think he can it's just it's, it's just one little thing and 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 he says, Thomas is the first in a long list yeah. of sacrifices I made to be your father. And he um, he tells Tick how like he has lied to himself and so many people for years just to be yeah. a man because men have sons. And how he swallowed his pride when Dora was mm-hmm. pregnant, knowing it could have been George's because at the end of the day, he had to be a father. Otherwise, all yeah. these sacrifices were essentially for nothing. And... I think it's it's a tender moment between them because now Tick is really understanding his how how his father and 
all the the pain that that Montrose inflicted on Tick, his how yes. much a victim his father and was. while it doesn't and the you know abuse okay, Tick was able to finally get that question of why because so many people who are abused in any sort of way always want to understand why why was it me or why did you feel the need to do this to me mm-hmm. um, and having having that moment of clarity can give you a sense of how hurt people can really hurt people. And so, you know, that was, yeah, it was, it's a cycle. And that was equally a, a powerful, tender and super, super sad moment because Montrose never, at least up to this point, has never said to Tick, I'm sorry for how I treated you. Never said those words yet. But the fact that Tick got to do something that many people who have experienced abuse or neglect in their life by their parents never get to do, he actually got to watch the pivotal moments in his father's life that made him the way he, he was. Um, and to understand why Mm -hmm. and that is something that when you witness it and you see something like that happen you can't help but find some modicum of forgiveness and empathy yeah right empathy it was was a very powerful scene for me and I cried a little bit I was like oh man I mean these two powerful give everybody yeah please just give them all Emmys give them give them (laughs) give them Tony's yeah, just, yeah. Take it all. Okay, I'm sorry. So after after kind of going through this and basically telling him like you know how important it was to have for him to have a son and all that, I think also Montrose realizes that yeah he can't risk yeah um, yeah that's when he tick realizes not that existing too, because while he <laughs> by, wanted to you know, rectify the past he re- yeah like I, I, I he needed his son too to survive and his grandchild to survive. Yeah. Yeah. So he made the decision not to intervene. And um, then we're, we're back at Doris house. Letty is now frantically looking for the book. Um, You're seeing, you're hearing the shots outside. They're just all, it's getting closer. It's a little, it's more real. Um, She's running out of time. And so Dora's grandmother comes in the room and she confronts her pulling a gun out on her woman who played this grandmother. You know what? And thank you for saying because I was gonna. I was. She looks real look familiar. If you don't mind, so I, 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 she I don't would... want to risk ending the recording for whatever reason. But I said, this woman, this I'm gonna, woman. Yeah, I'll look at her. When she walked in that room, I said, "Oh, I don't remember her name. I don't remember where I know her from, but I know she be acting. <laughs> she be acting." And I said, <laughs> "She be acting." Regina Taylor, Miss Ma'am. Regina Taylor. Regina Taylor. Regina Taylor, Hattie. Hattie. Do you know what else? Yes, she in? that's her. Yes, where has she been? She is in. Let's see. Okay, don't know I've that seen one. Her don't before. know that one. Don't know that one. <laughs> I'm just going down the list. Yeah, she's been the Blacklist. She's been on that show, Elementary. Um, I'm trying to pick out the more notable Grey's Anatomy. Um, she's been on a lot of shows, not really movies. It looks like The no. Negotiator. I don't know where I know her from. I, I'll hmm. figure it out. Courage Under Fire. But I know she'd be acting. 
this woman came in that room and she's yeah. like, I see this, she sees this girl literally trying to rob us in the middle of it, you know, like and she literally pulls a gun on Letty, like, yeah. you better start talking. Who, what are you doing here? Like, who are you? Yeah, because she was yeah, like, you, you right haven't been right, you, the moment you know, you came in from this the house. second you, you entered. Like, yeah, like, I've never those seen shoes don't, those don't shoes. Belong. What is up with <laughs> so, you? And this woman, let me explain how she's dressed. This woman yeah. is dressed to the nines for 1920s fashion. Like, Victorian bracelets and jewels and her hair is done up just right in this beautiful like muffin bun thing and the the dresses it it has lace in it like this beautiful black lace trim in this and she snatched waist snatched and i said okay this this is that this is the the richness (laughs) of like the black elite elite you know i just i said this woman is about something and she's like you're not coming up in my house taking stuff you know what I mean yeah yeah so yeah she confronts her and she's asking her you know why she's there um the house is being attacked Letty um Letty basically starts telling her the truth of everything Mm -hmm. she tells her like I'm from the future I'm I'm in love with your your great-grandson and blah 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 and to prove her because of course this woman's not believing her um, she yes. shows Letty shows her the birthmark as proof. She she kind of draws her. She finds a symbol yeah. of the birthmark. She says, "You all have this." And so, the grandmother mm-hmm. realizes her grandmother's name is Hattie. Um, Hattie realizes that by Letty coming to the past yes. with a book, that means that they don't survive the night. Yeah, and that has to be a profound moment to kind of just realize this. So, yeah. Let that marinate because we're back at the square. <laughs> and uh, Montrose is telling Tick of this memory of when um, George and Dora showing up to help. Um, because prior to this, there was, uh, there was a conversation um, before or maybe Montrose has told the story about him and George yeah. and Dora all being attacked by the mob in Tulsa. Um, and so he said during that time when they showed up, um, there was a stranger that saved, but he never, you know, gave much detail about that. And I thought that was, that was a cool moment is, is building up the suspense and the next couple scenes are just going back and forth, back and forth between the house and this, because everything is just building because the mob is getting crazier and crazier. Um, and so Montrose basically is there mm-hmm. witnessing now Thomas getting shot um, by this um, group of, of white guys that are yeah. white kids that confront them yeah. and calling him the F word and all this other stuff. So um, so while he's witnessing it, he's just talking about what's happening next. And at the same time, Letty is trying to convince yeah. the grandmother not the to change like, things. If, we, if we're not going to survive, um, I'm not going to let my Because now the grandmother like, knows. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she can hear her, her kids yeah. basically saying, grandma, where are you? Or, you know, like asking for help. And she's like, Oh hell no. But Letty's trying to convince her. Like we, you have to, I, I, you know, I hate yeah. to ask you to, but you have to, <laughs> this has to happen for, um, or else. And that's when Letty reveals yeah. that, you know, she is pregnant with yeah. their, their future. Um, 
and how some yeah, of them like have Dora survived, survived, how Dora and, and George and them survived, and that's because, why they're uh, there. You know, Dora, and the way she said it, it was a beautiful yeah. way she did it. She was like, um, your, your daughter survives and marries a man, uh, and marries uh, Montrose, and they have a beautiful baby named uh, Tick, but it's short for Atticus because it's easier to say that name, and I fall in love with him, and I don't mean to, but I do, yeah. and now <laughs> I'm carrying his child and this, that, and the grandmother it's a beautiful moment because the grandmother yeah. and she's just pleading and with looks her. at the fire that's building up in that house hears the screams of her family and it's almost like the family screams starting to fade a bit and then she turns around and she says something and i cannot i wish i could remember exactly what she was saying but she said something to the effect of like because because you're here like she said, basically, what you're carrying is my faith made real, or something like that. Please tell me what she said. Oh, Please so I got, I said. got that for you. I wrote that. Yes, down. we are, Dan. But yes, we're we not are. there yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> no, we're almost. <laughs> Patience, woman. So, like you said, she's hearing, she's hearing the cries from the family and all, and she makes this moment instead of going down there to help. She decides she realizes everything like has to happen, and instead, she turns around, pulls the door, and yeah. she pulls a book from a secret compartment in the wall. Um, at that moment, kind of jumps back to the square where Dora and George show up to fight off the mob. Then we're back at the house mm-hmm. where Grand um, Hattie. She gives Letty the book and she says, when my great, great grandson is born, God he will damn. be my faith. I'm sorry, not to, to not flesh. to that. But God, I mean, <laughs> I, I stood up. I was sitting watching this. When she said that, I stood up, Cicely. I got out of my yes. seat and stood up at those words because think about, think about our ancestors, Cicely. That's I thought Somebody I was thinking of the same survived. thing and how people how important survived. it is to honor at least them. two people in our horrific past in this country survived to where you and I could sit here and talk about a TV show on a cell phone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and it, it seems trivial, but like <laughs> we are their faith made flesh. Yeah. No matter what their faith was in. Yeah. It was like I, 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 it was it immediately reminded me of that Bible verse where, um, um, God, I can't remember who was talking to who, but, um, it's it, this it goes like uh, you know not the plans I have for you and things like that. So that's what I was thinking of when she said that, and I was like, man, all those memories mm. of church and talking about faith and all this kind of stuff. And it is a beautiful thing to be able to see your future. And then that moment, that woman who was just in that moment, because Letty came back, she saw her great, great grandson in her belly. Like, I just. Her, and her purpose. But she also saw How her purpose, is that? too. I said, you know, something. like that's. I, I. It was too many emotions. Yeah. Like that, that has to be really powerful to, to come to face to face with your purpose. A lot of people don't know their purpose and, 
Yeah, and I think that I mean that gives gave her strength um, to endure yeah. what she knew she was yeah. going to have to Oof. endure. Powerful. Um, so as this is happening, a firebomb is thrown into the room, and let me tell you, this is mm-hmm. something. The first thing I notice in this scene, yeah. because they're now getting surrounded by fire. Do you realize Letty is yes. wearing the exact same thing she yes, wore in I did. her I was, dream right when, when she was running started, through the said, house, oh my God. the Braithwaite yes. house? Crazy. Yes. And yeah, if you remember that, you know, um, yes. Hannah, their ancestor, was holding the book. And that's when Hannah kind of um, implied or nodded, looked down, making Letty look down, yep. knowing that she was pregnant. So everything was coming full circle. Um which to me tells me what happened to Tick in his yeah. dream is a premonition yeah. of what may happen too. We'll see. And then, oh, let me, okay. So before I get there, the grandmother basically gives her instructions saying that the book was yeah. bound and that she was told to protect it, but never to yeah. open it. And she gives Letty the words to unbind it. So then she was basically telling Letty to go, but Letty says, yeah. no, she's, she spelled so fire can't hurt her. So, at that moment, I'm thinking like, wow, like, I don't want to give it to Christina to already know that this is something that needed to happen. But just how things work out, like the, the fact that Letty is the one that mm-hmm. is invulnerable and she's there at that moment where when mm-hmm. you need a person that basically yeah. is fireproof in Tulsa <laughs> during this time, like Letty is that yeah. that superhero that they needed. Yeah in this moment to get this book it's, it's like it, oh and this is horrible for me because I do not like football I don't like and so I'm butchering everything but just imagine like whatever that the yes. uh, that star player that everyone is rooting for yeah. and they and you know the clock is coming down and and we're waiting for him to to run to yeah. the t- uh, get the touchdown and all that. That's yeah. what it felt like. And the fact okay, that Letty, Letty, this is though, your moment. Even like, though she was in Marvel, she could have <laughs> so, left knowing what was going to happen. But she decided to stay and be really with could. that woman while she burned to death. Yes. She waited. She stood with her in her moment of death. Yeah. And That's powerful to me. I just, because. I... Okay. I'm going to talk more about that in a second. Yeah. Because I want to, I want to marinate on that in a little bit. Um, so from that scene, when she tells her that, she, mm-hmm. um, you know, fire can't hurt her or back at the square, Montrose is talking yeah. again about the stranger showing up with a bat, like Jackie yeah. Robinson hitting home runs with their heads and says, I got yeah. you kid. And that's when tick realizes. And he says that, and that, that, is that nod back to the opening yeah. scene of the very first episode where Tick is having a dream and he's out there um, yeah. in the battlefield and Jackie Robinson shows up beating um, Cthulhu yeah. and saying, I got you, kid. Um, and Tick realizes at that mm-hmm. moment, we're having a paradox moment that he is that stranger because the bat that oh um, Montrose took from the alley is right there. And he, t- he picks up that bat and charges. And this is where mm-hmm. I get my little sci-fi mm-hmm. nerd on. I get my little lady boner. My God, I was like, I love paradoxes. Yeah. I love time yeah. shit. I'm like, yes, I get it. Yes. Like, and what I thought during this moment was this has all happened before. And I also thought that mm. they have already had the book. This is my theory. 
it doesn't matter because they're probably not going to get into this. But if if they had this moment where um, Tick was there as the stranger in Montrose's past, that means they've done this before, meaning that the book yeah. has always been with them. They just didn't know. Yeah, because it's an, a never-ending cycle. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yes. But you know oh what my else God, I, I was thought like, I was scene? losing it. The moment so, he picked up that bat and realized that mm-hmm. he was the one. How many sons and how many children fantasize and wish they could avenge their parents for whatever reason? You know, like if yeah. I could go back and help you, yeah. I would. Or man, I would. It's like, oh, I couldn't have been there because I would have be that or whatever. Like the fact that he was able as an adult man to help his, his father as a child as a as as a man like okay yeah take it one step further take it one step further just as how mm-hmm. i mentioned how everything has happened for a reason mm-hmm. how letty has has been spelled to for her purpose think of tick tick because of his relationship with his father growing up pushed him into the army pushed him into escaping and becoming basically this hero because remember in the fir- in the couple earlier episodes how yeah. when he came back people kept talking about oh you're a hero now you're big mm-hmm. and because he was yeah. a little bit shy and meek as a teenager like it all happened for a reason and just it in this moment for in time to be in this moment for Golly. him to be yeah for him to be that that have that courage and, and be have a your hero father and go in there and say around them like like come on like how many Yes. How many boys, black boys, probably want to have that and moment to know, or want to be able to be God. like, my father's proud of me, and to have your dad look at you that way? Like, oh, I, I got real emotional. This whole thing was emotional. Yeah. And then the paradox of if, and that if Tick and his wasn't father there, wouldn't exist. His father wouldn't exist. And anymore, it's all, it's, which it's, means Tick wouldn't I exist. Saved you by you <laughs> because saving yourself. Like, because I saved you it's like it's all it's amazing yeah it's it's beautiful beautiful all of it's oh my god I love that scene so so we're back here at the house and this is where I want to marinate on what we are about to witness um Letty stays with the grandmother and she prays with her they're holding hands and as she's doing this the fire is starting to consume and at this time, we have the voiceover yeah. of the poem that we played earlier. And that's the poem yeah. by Sonia Sanchez called Catch the Fire. This yeah. is a beautiful but painful scene. One, on one hand, and I, I looked up some things mm-hmm. about this poem because as I, I, like, it caught my attention so much. And this poem was, I think it was like in ooh, 19... 70s 1960s when um she did this and it's basically a poem to galvanize Mm -hmm. um activism for social injustice but it's in the poem they're basically talking about like this Mm -hmm. this weird position of being observer and 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 having what you observe light this fire in you but not to let it burn you not to consume you um um it's extinct, it, yeah, consume you, but let no, they she 
says let it burn but let it burn meaning like catching fire meaning let it spread so that that energy that that you're feeling that want to make change is um other people feel the same because you are now doing something about it so showing how like Mm -hmm. an ember how it can turn into a big fire and and it's something about like you know Letty and Tick and and them being there, knowing what happened, but being there to view this, not being able to really change anything about it, um, but using the past, using the the horrific um, incidents of the past to yes. dictate how they're going to move in the future. It, it was a beautiful, it's like how yeah. everything came together and the fact that the poem is called Catch a Fire as the, as the grandmother is catching fire yeah. and she holds still and lets this fire consume her. And that's, that's the same image that you see in the title scene when, when you know, you see the flames um, it was terrible. at their peak it was and it's terrible. heartbreaking. It's a heartbreaking scene to watch. And Letty is standing there weeping as she's witnessing this, but not yeah. But she's witnessing it, she and that's the way she can honor witness. it as, at the same time. That's by why not it's so important. Looking away or not for running people away. People who bear witness yeah. to injustice to let us know. That's why it's so important to record all your interactions with police. That's why it's so important to literally pull out your phones. Like, I'm serious. I mean, we all have to bear yeah, witness. You got to bear witness. Are gonna, because people will say, oh, They'll they'll try to minimize what we've been through. I don't. And if we don't have the the accounts from people who went through it, it will be lost to time. But because they had a, they had a special yeah. privilege of being able to in this scene in this in this story a privilege to be able yes. to bear witness to that terrible massacre. You know. Like it reminded me of like the Jewish yeah. Holocaust and Kristallnacht and how, you know, in Poland and how they just ravaged through the, yeah. the Jewish ghettos and just pulled people out of their homes and just beat them for no reason and killed them. You know, it's it was the exact same thing. And it happened in this land. And it was it was covered up for so long. It reminds me of. Yes. And when people say, especially these days when we're seeing countless videos, countless accounts of police brutality and stuff, and, and people say, like, I, I don't want to see black bodies put on display for your entertainment. And I understand mm-hmm. where they're coming from because there is ex- exhaustion and kind of this, this constant pain of seeing your people brutalized. But mm-hmm. when I see that there is a new video there, I take a moment because my initial thing is like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see, it. I can't see it. But then I think no, cause I'm in a place where I can, yes. I am privileged enough to bear witness to it. And I need to see this because this person that has died and unjustly mm-hmm. needs me and needs us to fight for yeah. them. And they need us to see what happened to them yeah. to light that fire, to catch that fire to to say no I can't see it is to honestly ignore it. You know, you're acknowledging it but you're ignoring it. You're you're not allowing yourself to catch yeah. fire. And I get it. Not everyone may yeah. have the strength to do so. And I'm not going to necessarily blame them too, but I I I feel like 
for me personally, I don't feel right saying yeah. I'm not going to witness this. It's not entertaining. I'm not amused by this, but I not, I don't feel right saying I'm not going to witness this because it's exhaust, exhausting yeah, for me to see. I'm like, yeah. I'm not dead. <laughs> you know? No, I'm talking about so, it. Preach on it, Miss Ma'am. Okay, that's my little soapbox. I mean, that, that was the whole point, I feel, of <laughs> the creators for this particular episode was remember like yes we're Tulsa is like the the yeah. the thing to talk about right now last couple of years but it was it was I think people tend to when they just hear about it they tend to minimize how horrific it actually was and so I think st- stories like this even though some yeah. of it is fictionalized Letty and George and all them are fictionalized what happened to those people was real you know, and the few that survived yes. literally bear the, the show to it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and who are we as descendants yeah. of people of that time to look at that and say, well, you know, it's better and blah, 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 blah. And this, that when we know that there's still injustices based on the same hate that ignited that massacre. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so as um, we're back at the square and Tick yeah. is just beating the living shit out of the, these kids, these white kids that were attacking George. And during this time, mind you, when when they approached mm-hmm. um, Montrose with Thomas and shot Thomas, there was only one gun. So I think um, Montrose said, right. "Good thing they only had one gun, or else none of us would have survived." Yeah. So basically, it's a it's a like melee fight. It's just um, and as he <laughs> beats them down, George, Dora, yeah. and Montrose are kind of sitting. Um, sitting and observe, watching this, witnessing this, and yeah. he stops and he says, "I got you, kid." Before running, running off. Um, and so now we see basically mm-hmm. a downtown scene of Tulsa, the Tulsa massacre occurring, and Tick and Manchos are racing back to get to the yeah. hotel um, and trying to, you know, stay alive through uh, during all these fire bombs and yeah. people getting um, beat down and shot and all sorts of things. They arrive to the hotel yeah. just to see Letty is not there and that something's wrong with the portal. Um, and the second that Machos mentions the portal, mm-hmm. Tick runs through and he sees Hippolyta, you know, in our world, in our time, yeah. struggling to keep it open. She, her, she's foaming at the mouth. She's sweating. She's, she's saying yeah. she cannot keep holding it. And the portal closes. And Macho, we see Machos turn back and he stands to just yeah. look at the destruction um, of his hometown. So now here's the thing: calling out were all these, these real people, people who because were killed. That's what I figured um, it out because I, the way yes, he was talking, they were, I said, and I wrote I them down. Like yeah, these are real people he's talking about, and I feel like he is literally reciting. Like, I, yes, I want to say years ago, I heard either an audio interview or read somewhere of a person who was actually at the massacre talking about specific people that they knew who, who died. And I want to say it was literally these people, like this whole yeah. little monologue he did. Who, did you write down some of those names? Yeah. Um, yeah speak their name. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, again, I don't want to 
I forget this, but um, Peg Leg yeah. Taylor's last stand on Standpipe Hill. He yes. talked about burning of Breyer's tailor shop. He mentioned Dr. Jackson, the best Negro surgeon of all America. Mrs. Rogers' invalid daughter was lost. White Phelps, who was, uh, I guess, a, a white um, resident of Tulsa that helped hide mm. um, some of the black residents in their basement. Mm. Commodore Knox, who he said got it the worst. And, of course, Thomas. And this, you know, so remember way back a couple episodes how there was a scene when Montrose was in his house and he was drinking and he burned. Um, yeah, he burned. He burned some kind of page. What out did he burn? The, the pages? He burned something the, insignificant. The, the book of the Sons of Adam. Oh, he burned a book. Yeah. 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 And remember, I... I thought at that moment that he was possessed because he said, hmm, smells like Tulsa. Now that makes everything make sense because at that yeah, moment, I didn't yeah. realize yeah, you're right. He, I didn't think of that what either. He really witnessed. Yeah. I thought he was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, well, that's what makes yeah. sense. But I get it now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that in this moment where he's just kind of, you know, having this monologue, it reminded me of that moment too. just. Yeah. And while he's saying this and, and thinking about um, all the people that were lost on the street, with um, all this destruction going on, you see Letty walking slowly, but walking. I think it's for dramatic purposes, obviously. Slowly, but very she's slowly through the flames. Oh, my. God. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time where you're seeing Hippolyta struggle. Yeah, she's walking very slowly. Yeah. The portal reopens, and we see Hippolyta. She's garnering, garnering the strength, the supernatural said, strength. On, storm. Yes. And her eyes turn like, wide, on, and she storm. begins to levitate, very like storm-like, you know. And then we see these air bombs in mm-hmm. Tulsa hit, and Letty is just walking through them again slowly, <laughs> and through the chaos and the air bombs. And Hippolyta is yeah. her. Um, struggling and her hair starts turning blue as finally yeah. um, Montrose and Letty come through the portal and the portal closes and she asks, did we yeah. get it? And um, Tick says, yes, we got it. We fucking got it or something like powerful, that. Powerful, powerful episode. the show ends. Mm-hmm. So I noted something. Hippolyta and her blue hair now, because we saw scenes for next year or next week as well. And she still got her blue hair. Do you realize in Hippolyta's episode, um, Dee drew her comic of a character that her mom looked like, basically like a space woman. But now she definitely became that character because I believe that character had blue hair. And it's like her mom. <laughs> it's, it's weird because I was like, did her mom become the comic or did Dee like have this like premonition of something? Like, I don't know what it is, but I, I just found that interesting. Yeah. Her mom is this I love it. comic. I love it. Heroine. She did. She looked like a, she looked Literally. like a superhero. <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah. into it. I was into all of it. I said, here we go. Yeah. They got the book. They, they're back. Hippolyta's back with you know Beyonce is out there somewhere yes. and you know like everybody is here and it's like a, you know a symbol type thing <laughs> and 
Oh, you know what? I got to do a correction too, a retraction. We And I feel so bad because I, I hate when people um, misspeak in podcasts. I'm like, no, that's not right. So we mm-hmm. kept talking about Beyonce, <laughs> that character Beyonce. Garnet. Um, I and calling her mean, Amethyst. Yeah. No, the character is Garnet yeah. from Stephen Yenner. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I had to you were, I had to correct you, you that. You know it was a gemstone. Like, oh, you know, we were there. Uh, that's wrong. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ruby, whatever. Jade. Diamond. <laughs> Ruby. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was a emotional. Yeah, oh yeah, in a this really episode, good man. way. I I felt like I went to church so good. watching this episode. So good. I really did. Yeah, it really did. Um, and then I, you know, scenes from next the finale. Oh, is the finale just an hour? We'll it feels see. Like just the scenes. Mm-hmm. From it HBO felt like tends it to do to that sometimes. Movie. Sometimes like, they'll make it a little longer so they can really. I don't know, you know if they can do a point because. I don't think we're going to be getting any more Lovecraft countries yeah. after this. I think it's going to be a one-off. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I like for them to just be true to the story arc and not try to like, okay, let's, let's keep writing because we, yeah. we got a fan base. That's why I was okay with they really did. being yeah, just they one did. season because they ended it well. And I'm like, as long as you do that, um, that actually also reminds me, I don't know if you're done talking about Lovecraft, but I wanted to oh, well. segue <laughs> into what you've been watching lately, because okay. I got some rants. Um, what have but. I been watching? <laughs> Let me think here. Um, I feel something feel good. Okay, I'm happy that my show, um, Great mm-hmm. British Baking Show, is back on Netflix. Do you know about it? Mm-hmm. Yes, I heard so, it. And I, think I I've don't seen bake like, like they little do. Little bits and pieces, but, but never these, tuned this, in really. It's so cheesy and so feel good that I am obsessed and I'm uh, once again they're releasing one episode a week on Netflix which is a bit of a departure from most of their shows that they tend to release all at once so I'm really mad at that because I like to binge it but um, Mm -hmm. it's it's very popular for a reason it's a competition show that they shoot at this um, estate out in in in, uh, Great Britain somewhere and um, they have two celebrity hosts and two celebrity judges that are like the bee's knees in the baking world and they find uh, 12 British people from across the land and bring them there to do um, competition on uh, different baked goods. So every week they focus on a baked good and there's three um, there's three tests that they have to do in each episode. First test is, um, it's not called a showstopper, but the showstopper is the last one. The first test is, um, let's see what you can make creatively for this particular baked good. The second one is a technical challenge. And the third one is the showstopping challenge. And that's for every single seat, every single week they have that. And then at the end, they crown who's the best mm-hmm. baker in all of Britain. And it's so good because it's literally people like from every walk of life and they, you know, go through the ups and downs and they have to 
you know, baking is hard and people think it's, oh, we get to be creative and we can pipe things and make things look pretty, but your stuff has to really taste good as well as look good. And these are just like, a lot of them are just home cooks. Like they just Mm -hmm. come up with stuff because they love it. Um, But the storylines of all these different bakers are really like you get into it. I've really been enjoying it over the years. And I will admit, I just started watching it last year. So I binged watched the last, the previous six or seven seasons already. So this one, um, it's just starting up. But I'm very, yes, girl. And then they have spinoff shows. Great I didn't British realize Christmas they have that many seasons. Show, the Great British Boxing Day or whatever. They, not, that's Canada. But you know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> but it's really great. I watched all of it. Um, and it's, it's really fun and it's cheesy and it's great. Uh, I give it a large popcorn. Yeah, it's really entertaining. Um, I think everybody and anybody who just wants something to make them feel good and to give them a bit of a, uh, you know, the competition feels like get into it. It's really great. Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, well, before okay. I talk about what I've been watching lately, I'm going to um, give my little rant. <laughs> my okay. rant is but, yes. about. Oh, Raised yeah, I picked wolves. it up and I finished it. Let's talk about it real fast. Did you did you ever pick that up? OK. OK, I was so excited about the show. I was so, so excited. The first couple episodes, I was like, yes, this is exciting. This is unexpected, all that. But a little bit of me, a little there, I had this little, small, little bit of doubt because Ridley Scott has a tendency of really, really hyping me up and getting me excited and drawing me in and all my sci-fi goodness and everything. And he has a habit (laughs) of just like, shitting on the ending like it's it's just like what happened what and so I finished Raised by Wolves um recently and I will say I think there's about like 10 episodes and probably the last three episodes they could just like I could just have not watched and be happy um the direction this show went was one of those things like it's the show became a victim of promoting a new season and and setting itself up for a new season and it felt like they took a whole different direction just to keep it um to lead to wherever they wanted to go to for the second season like a whole different storyline and all that instead of just focusing on like I, I feel like if shows really went about creating things with the yeah. focus that they're not coming yeah, back for another season, and it's weird. they would be so much better because yeah, like mm, I, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's just it's yeah, just you're not right. weird. It, need to it was already a weird, weird show, at all. but it was like cleverly and weird. I totally agree with you. They needed to just cap it, kill yeah. who they needed to kill, you know, finish up relationships that they needed to finish up, and just be done. But no, they literally added, it was almost like an afterthought, almost. Yeah. Where suddenly there's a scene they add, and you're like, wait, what's this? Yes. Like, within the same episode. It felt yes, like a change right. of management like, came in and decided, second. hey, I have an idea. Hold on. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. And, yes, it did. 
And that's exactly how like Prometheus felt uh, by Ridley Scott. And I was excited about that movie until I watched that trash. And I didn't, that's why I didn't even bother watching the, the yeah. later alien, alien movie that he yeah, did. Cause no. I'm just like, really Scott? No. Yeah, it down. was weird. And they better, if they, <laughs> because if they leave it open, I don't trust like you that, anymore. And then don't come back um, with a, a season two. Like it's cause, but you know what? But I'm you know okay what, with though? them not Here's coming the back thing. from You're season right. two. I'm just going to pretend those last like three episodes TV, didn't exist. It's different. <laughs> I'm rewriting it. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, they left it open-ended, but you know, we're not going to do another movie because we didn't like it or whatever. I don't feel like you can really do that too much with, with a show like this because yeah. they almost need to to just answer for themselves at this point. But so many shows are canceled, like, before even getting good. So I'm like, I'm not, you know, you don't have to come back. It's fine to be canceled. I'm okay, I'm okay with it. Because I just feel like I, I will have to go into it with a whole different frame of mind. And, and it's not going to be, I may watch yeah. it be, just to be consistent to see out of curiosity where they're going to go with it. But I'm not going to, I don't have the excitement yeah. that I did initially for this show. Yeah. So that's my rant. Um, I think when I first started talking about Raisin no. Wolves, I probably gave it like a large popcorn or maybe a medium with butter. Right now, we're, we, we're back no, down. We're down to like a small, dry, stale popcorn. Yeah. yeah. We're like a couple days old popcorn full of kernels. <laughs> yeah. So that's my rant for Raised by Wolves. Um, the only thing I have been watching yeah. other than, um, you know, Lovecraft yes. and stuff that you have also been watching is The Haunting of Blythe Of course Manor. I finished it, girl. I, I, I didn't finish it, watcher. so if you finished it, don't. Girl, don't I will it. binge and binge <laughs> Did and you binge. Finish it? But then again, I really don't have much else going on in my life, so that's probably why I'm binging. <laughs> it so far so this is it's not a sequel but this is from uh pretty much like a the next book in the series if you want to call it um from the the haunting of hill house yeah. which i really really enjoyed um that was on netflix maybe what two years ago or so um so i was mm-hmm. excited about this it doesn't grab me in the same manner it's a slow burn for sure haunting really hill is. house but it's like a slow burn it's it's getting there um yeah there's i i'm at an episode or two that i'm like oh now this now things are interesting because you know small weird things that you've noticed kind of in the earlier episodes now they're starting to make sense um because of course this is a the haunting manner and stuff so you're focusing on the spooky things like ghosts and all that but it's not necessarily about that they're just kind of for what i've seen so far they feel like they're just atmosphere um so so far i like it i mm-hmm. think i'm like maybe i'm not gonna spoil six, it but i will say this maybe seven i got so i i want mm-hmm. the haunting series on netflix to continue indefinitely i really do i think they should do haunting of the boathouse okay season three i think they should do haunting of the ski lodge they should do haunting yeah. of the pyramids of giza like they, they need to do it all 
And <laughs> I think it could be though. I, I like that idea and I do agree, but after a while it gets, the, you have to be really creative with the story. So it's not just about, okay, ghost in another setting, kind of like a Ryan Murphy, <laughs> another Ryan Murphy show. You have yeah, to but be I think these people really, are really clever with, with story. the story. And the fact that they're that using season. ghosts to tell these stories. Okay. They're, they're good at it. The, these people, whoever they are, I can't remember their names right now. The people that do mm-hmm. the haunting series, they, they've tapped into something. And if they keep releasing something every year around the spooky holidays, I'm here yeah. for it. I don't know if Netflix, y'all going to listen to Real Snaz, but yes. hear me to Kalina Michelle right now when I say, you have done something right with this. Keep it up. I really do. And, and again, I agree with you. It is a slow burn. Good, good. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but they need, they need to continue this haunting series. I would not be mad if they did another like three or four seasons of this. Like in next year and the year after. Because it makes sense. And it gives you, it gives audiences. I remember the first season, it gave you a love story. Mm-hmm. It gave you a psychological thriller. It gave you jump scares. It gave you family drama. Yeah. Yes. And it gave you ev- a family little bit of everything. But told dynamics. so masterfully. With the ghost story. I agree. It's great. Yeah. Um, there, so I'm not, so I'm not going to give it a popcorn rating yet because I'm not finished, but I'll, I will okay. circle back and give it. Um, if I had to right now, I would give it a medium light butter. Um, two mm-hmm. things I want to mention and I'm not going into them cause, um, this is just not, but I, I did start two things. One is no. a series, mm-hmm. and I'm curious if you've heard of this, called Soulmates on AMC. Have you heard of it? So this started last week, and it's from the makers yeah. of Stranger Things and Black Mirror. So, of course, I, like, I, t- I had to tap in. Um, it looks like every episode is about a different story, kind of an anthology, but from what I've seen, and I only saw one episode, it's set in the near future, kind of Black Mirror-ish, and there was an episode of Black Mirror, it reminds me of, where people are matched mm-hmm. um, with a person or to see how compatible they are. So in this world, essentially there's a technology or a company that you can go and similar to how they have um, 23andMe mm-hmm. or Ancestry.com, and you can find out like your, your genetic background. Instead of genetic mm-hmm. background, you can find out who your actual soulmate is. But it's a service where like, the more people that do it, the better chance you will find it because you can only find right. it if someone okay. else has already like, entered their, you know, done the test and stuff. They're not, yeah. They just don't have everyone's information, but every... But people have to find out. And so the episode I saw was about the, the, the struggles of people that are already married. Um, that, you know, are married, but, you know, they, they're in a decent mm. marriage, but they pretty much are sure that they're not with their soulmate and kind of struggling over mm-hmm. um, a little of that temptation of wanting to take the test and, and seeing how happy other mm-hmm. people are around 
that, you know, friends or family members that have done it and, or took risk and broke up relationships mm. that they were in because they found their soulmate and how happy they are in that struggle of like, I guess that eth- somewhat of an mm. ethical struggle, mm-hmm. like, is my marriage worth like breaking up to find this out? <laughs> Um, okay. So that episode just dealt with that. And it, like I said, it looks like every episode is a little different. So it comes on AMC, I think okay, maybe great. Tuesday. So I may have to check. Um, I like it a lot so far. So excited about that. I'm going to give that probably a good popcorn rating. But what I'm going to give a okay, bad popcorn rating just off of one episode no, is Monsterland. It's on Hulu. Okay. Have you seen that? That's on Hulu. Yeah, I was hearing a little buzz on it. And again, I think it's done also like anthologies, like every episode's a different story. <laughs> From the first episode I saw, nah, I'm good. I don't know what they were trying to do. But yeah, I, I can't really even describe it. It feels like, it felt at first almost like it was going to be a little true bloodish, but nah, I was wrong about that. So I'm just I'm just only mentioning it because I'm curious about if other people have seen it and what they think. And if you have, please let me know um, if it's even worth tuning into a second episode, because maybe that was just a one off bad right. one. But as the first episode, I'm not going to I, I expect give a bad rating to anything right now, because the stuff that I'm watching, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into. I'll talk more on it next week. But let me tell you how excited Kalina got today when I looked on my Twitter feed (laughs) and the amazing Miss Jillian Anderson said, all right, we're back. And I said, what are you talking about, Jillian? You're back with what? What do you mean, girl? What are you talking about? The Crown season three put out a trailer Jillian Anderson is playing Margaret Thatcher. You're laughing, girl. I'm into the crown. The crown I'm laughing because I'm surprised. I really did not I know that you like the crown historical like that. Dramas. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. I didn't know I knew that. I do too. I didn't. Why didn't I, I know didn't this? know I, I liked, liked when them you that said much. that until that I started text, watching I like, The Crown. Because huh? not all of them are done well, huh? Hate because you hate the tutors. I didn't care for the tutors at all, but because you hated the tutors, so that's why I was I so surprised. That, I will say I didn't like it because at the time I was watching like every season back to back. I didn't have enough time in between. Like when tutors really came out, there was no way you could binge watch it. You know what I mean? So. I was like, okay, it's a um, lot. It's too much. Okay, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think I need to be paced a bit when it comes to my historical dramas, which is fine. It's a good way to watch them. They released, yeah. Netflix started doing The Crown. Um, this will be the third season coming up, I believe. What? No, fourth season. Fourth season coming up. And um, it details the life and times okay. of the Queen of England, the current Queen of England. From when she, yes, Queen Elizabeth. Girl, it's been good. Mm-hmm. They, the Queen actors Elizabeth. and the actresses that they um, bring to every season have been really, really good. Um, yeah. 
I'm going to have to pick it back up because I, I did start it when it first came out. And because I love, I love like, yeah, um, I mean, English monarchy cool. and all that. I used to like, it's my so mom used to watch all of those documentaries about like, Diana and stuff. So I used to like be into it. But want to watch but, all that stupid stuff. Like, it's, it's like y'all, y'all have got <clears throat> stupid money. Like, this makes no sense. Like, this life, the way y'all go about life is insane. And for so for normal people, normals like us, yeah, here, it's a little way to get into it. And of course, they, you know, they deviate a little bit from what's real and, and a little bit, but it's based on the, her life, her actual life. And this woman is still alive; she's in her ninety. She's not going anywhere. She she gave a message to her subjects about the coronavirus, like y'all be safe out there. This yeah. is what I'm talking about. And the fact that they're they're going to talk about the time. <laughs> in which she had her first female prime minister the princess die i don't know who the woman is who's playing princess die i don't know who oh she yeah is, but I remember that girl hearing looks like who that was going to be um, and got injections continue. of princess die's dna she <clears throat> looks good that i said this looks good the young man who plays um <laughs> Uh, Prince Charles, <laughs> young Prince Charles, yes, sir, yes, sir. The crown is coming back in November. Y'all don't talk to me, don't call me, don't text me, do not send me a Facebook message, don't say <laughs> nothing to me on Instagram Damn. in my DMs. I'm watching the crown. You can't tell me nothing. Leave me alone. I'm giving it a, 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 I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'm giving it an extra large popcorn rating off the rip, just off the trailer alone. I'm excited. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, they and them. Yes, LGBTQIA. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Well, I okay. I love the crown. Um, oh, I love the crown. I and got I loved, nothing uh, down on Army that. It was out, even though it wasn't even though it wasn't a, like based on an actual family oh, or whatever, Abby. but I loved that kind of stuff. I just, I was into it. I was into the story. I was into the story of the family and the people that serve the family. I'm into it. So yeah, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> well, that's one of the best ratings that I think. <laughs> You know, uh, okay, good endorsement but see, there. You know I'm going to have on? to pick up you know um, the show again. I kind of just fell off of it. Going I think to I was bring bored it. for a little bit. And He's just... going. What? Oh, no. When you said her, I, I did kind of have to she pause. Is, like, oh, she's going okay. to bring yeah, no. it. Uh, yeah, she's there. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Yes. Well, Thank I you think all for listening. I think we we have done our job tonight. What is there to? Yay, the finale! And uh, we'll be back next week. And yeah, it, oh, we're gonna have to like I don't know. I, oh wait, before we go, I'm just gonna have to do um, a little shout out to some friends of mine <laughs> that have been doing some live commentary as they're watching this show and hitting me up and it's hilarious. Maybe we can get some little sound bites to, um, to have y'all enjoy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I may have to get yeah. Siri to read the text or something just so, 
it's just I love it I love it um I encourage people again you can leave voice uh, messages on our website at what is it uh anchor.fm backslash real snobs um but definitely for the finale I think we're gonna have to have follow us on um, Instagram um at real snobs we're also on Twitter uh at real snobs uh we're everywhere find us on Facebook Listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us uh, comments, like, subscribe, you know, the drill. We love you guys. Thank you all for listening tonight. Have a good one.